0: Hey podcast, uh, the Gary V. challenge. Hashtag GaryVee challenge. That's right, I put out the huge deck. How many pages was that, 270? The, the, the deck I put out on my birthday uh, is out there now and now I'm scared. Why am I scared? Because people love consuming information but they hate doing the things in the information. So we're doing the Gary V. challenge. Hashtag Gary V. challenge. What does that mean? I am now challenging you, my audience, to make content at scale. Use the hashtag challenge in Facebook, in Instagram, in Twitter, in LinkedIn so that we can find your stuff and I'm gonna pick some winners in January of the people that have gone out and actually made. Making, contextually making, making at scale. Please go do that. Go check it out. Looking forward to it. Please enter. Doing always is better than reading. This is the V Audio Experience.
1: What is up, everybody? Welcome to Reezy Talks episode number 100 with the motherfucking OG living legend, Gary V. And if you don't know who he is, Google that shit because we don't have fucking time for that. What's up, Gary? How are you? I'm fucking excellent, bro. Thank you for having me. Um, I know your time is super valuable and you could do a million things, so I'm super stoked to have uh, this opportunity. And seeing as the holidays are coming up, yes, I brought you some stuff. I'm going to have to Nardwar you real quick. Do you know sweet. who Nardwar is? No. Famous interviewer, but... So this I thing... I like the
0: Jets wrapping paper. And by the way, he said, thanks for having me and it's his show. We're actually at VaynerMedia in New York City. So everybody who's just listening and was confused. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I normally uh, do I my show it. at my spot. Justin, good news. My brother-in-law, Justin's here who loves, who knows I love to and he loves to play games. So this is a Jets Monopoly. So uh, I'm pretty fired up about this. Thank so you.
1: funny story behind this. Please. If you're listening, it's Jets Monopoly. This is vintage. And I found this at a yard sale over a year ago. They wanted two. They didn't, they didn't get, get it. it. <laughs> <laughs> they got one. And it wasn't worth flipping, but I told myself, you know who would love to have this? Fucking Gary. I'm going to give this it. to Gary someday. I appreciate and so it. now we're here, and I'm giving it to you. Ooh. You see that? And I'm not board. done yet. I got one more for
0: you. One more for yeah. you. You're very sweet. Thank you, so, buddy.
1: So you always got to come bearing gifts. So remember... When I was on your show last time and you said yes. you were gonna give away a hundred scanners, yes, and it didn't happen.
0: This is awesome! Thanks, Look at this.
1: Thanks to my buddies at Scout IQ, we are giving away a hundred reseller starter kits. That's awesome. That have a Bluetooth scanner and three free months to Scout IQ. It's like a two hundred and fifty dollars thing and a T-shirt. Job by them. If Good you guys want to win one, go to ReezyTalks.com to enter the giveaway. This is the first. This is number one of one hundred, and it's for you. I love that it. way when you go to do trash talk. I love it. You can scan books. Like I love the pros it. Do I love it? I'm fucking pumped, bro. I'm
0: impressed by the pros. There's a lot of pros around here right now,
1: dude. So for, first off, let's take it super basic. Okay, why do you love the flip game so much?
0: You know, it. You know, I think I'm, I'm sure a lot of it's genetics. I think for a lot of people who are listening, who've become aware of you or watching this for the first time because I gave it a push or you know they searched my name. I think there's a lot of people in the last couple of years who've gone out for the first time and right away they just loved it. There is apps, for me the true answer is I love the hunt. I love the process. When I think about my life, the chase of buying the New York Jets, building businesses, the grind of, and loneliness of entrepreneurship, even even being a grammar school kid who really loved the idea of trying to get like my fifth grade crush to like me and that was the win the process i'm about the process and i think and i and i love the thrill of the hunt and there's you know very few things in my life that get my juices going like pulling up at a garage sale i mean this is why i've never gone to the level of building scale you know or you know, to me in reselling in reselling to me, what's so fun is the hunt. Right. Is I don't know. What, you know. No, no. There's a w- there's a recent garage sale we went to, and again, seeing J- Justin. You, yeah, you were there when I got the records. Oh my god. Right. Yeah, the other probably. day. That was the last one. Right. Just like the thought of like seeing something in the, like the game, right? Like going to a garage sale, noticing that the stuff's kind of vintage and the family's a little weird and there's like, there might be something, not seeing anything, seeing something from the corner of eye, grabbing it, getting into like a weird conversation, which leads to the kid going downstairs and bring out a whole box, like the the hunt, the hunt.
1: Right, yeah. I was actually just talking uh, with Larry about that and I was saying um, Amazon doesn't get me pumped like what you're talking about, like eBay or yard sales. I make all of my money on Amazon, very little on eBay, but... If I, you know, if I scan a 1,000 books and I find three that are worth a 100, cool, I made 300 bucks in a day or a few hours or whatever. But what gets me juiced is that box of loose pens at the garage sale. How much for that pen? 25 cents. I knew it was a gold pen. It's worth 150 bucks or whatever. You know, that gets not scalable. E-
0: even when smartphones came along. So everybody's listening. This is something I did in 1992, 1993, 1994. Some of you weren't even born. And this is how I made side money. Like, you know, probably around the time I was... I mean, I don't, my parents never gave me money. Probably by the time I was 12, my parents stopped buying me things, and that was a huge advantage. But I was also a lemonade stand kid, a hustler baseball card kid. I was always that kind of kid. And when I got my license, you know, in 1993, that's when it really opened up because, you know, obviously for a lot of us, you know, getting a car is like super liberating. But for me, it was like less about going out with my buddies or like going out at night or things that nature. It was like, wait a minute. I can now stop at any garage sale, not nag the shit out of my mom. Mom, mom, you have to stop. I have to run to this. And what was really interesting, and this will make a ton of sense to you and anybody who follows me, the first stuff I started buying was literally just pop culture nostalgia. Mm. I vividly remember buying a Happy Days board game in 1992, for a quarter, and just knowing it was worth more than the quarter, six million dollar man, Raggedy Ann. I've always to this moment have really understood the value of nostalgia, the whole Comic Con phenomenon like that was just something intuitively I understood. Um, and so yeah, I, I totally get it. Like, a lot of what I've pushed over the last 18 months in the awareness that I've given to this different from the pros, you Larry, things of that nature. You guys are on a different kick, a different level, a more extreme level, uh, a more professional level of like full and utter, this is what I do for a living. I think that what I've noticed has really worked about what I've said is for the people a little bit like you and me, who really love the hunt and, and easily, and very practically through thrift stores, you know, Goodwill and garage sales, are able to actually make a thousand to two thousand a month and love the game, whereas even what you were talking about before we went on air here about like scaling your business now, now you're talking about the other part of my life, operations, right? like how I built Wine Library, how I have built this, VaynerMedia, like that's a totally different thing. I'm very good at it, I wildly enjoy it but we landed a 10 million dollar contract recently at Vayner for 2020 for Vayner Media. When I tell you, if I went to a garage sale this Saturday and found a gremlin PVC for a quarter that goes for 9.25 on eBay, take into account gas, fees, <laughs> packing, <laughs> time, there's no comparison to the juices that go through my body,
1: I get none. It. I get it, I got it, that's awesome dude. It's just the
0: truth. There's, that's just the utter truth, and I, you know, and people are like, "That's so crazy." I'm like, "No, it's not." Do you love skiing more than making money? Do you love running, triathlons, watching right. sports, like like surfing, golfing? Like almost everybody I know prefers something else than the process of making money. Those are their hobbies. Right. Making money, ironically, is my hobby. <laughs> um, I'm super pumped that people are starting. What's crazy to me, again, like, looking at you, look, have in this room, Justin, it's really practical. Like, if you're willing to be humble and grind, it's unbelievable, it's, when I think about how much money was made by professional resellers in the last four days, between Black Friday, the weekend, and today on Cyber Monday, we're filming this on Cyber Monday, like, if I was really in the game, and really at scale, I feel like I could make a half a million dollars in profit over the last four days. Yeah, definitely. Just by completely going ham, having 30 full-time employees, which is big. We're, right. You know, we're talking at scale now. You know, but like, of course. Yeah.
1: it's just- definitely extremely practical. So if you're listening to this and you want to get into Amazon and your first thought is fucking drop shipping, fuck that. You need to sell physical goods. It's just practical. Start with used stuff. Um, move on the way up. Um, so you said you're, obviously, you're all about the hunt and the chase. Yes. Um, Another thing that I know you're about is the attention uh, and the consumer behavior and where the attention goes. And I've been dying to ask you this question for, fuck, three years. You said when you were a young hustler doing lemonade stands that you would sit at the intersection and watch the eyeballs of people to see where you should put your signs. That's like website hotspot shit. How the fuck did you learn that at such a young age, I nine didn't. years old, and what was the precursor to that?
0: I don't know. That that to me is no different than Beyonce waking up one morning when she's four and starting to sing. That was pure.
1: So the same and, skill that you used when you were at the baseball, uh, trading baseball cards, watching how people looked at the table, then placing your higher dollar cards in those orders, that's the same skill, and you're just saying you have that innately, and there's 100%. no precursor to that.
0: Yeah. That's right.
1: That's fucking amazing. You know, it's
0: really interesting. I did the National Baseball Card Convention in Chicago this last July, and D Rock, you know, who if you're listening, you know that David Rock, who has been filming me for four years, kind of nonstop, he was completely taken aback by the way I was setting up the table. He like, it, it's just funny. He, it, I don't think he said this, but I remember thinking at the time because he kind of looked at me, he like laughed or said something. And I remember thinking like man this guy must be like laughing like he watches me 1 minute before I take the stage to talk in front of 20,000 people and I'm like kind of nonchalant yet this baseball card convention's about to open in 20 minutes and the intensity of me moving around like this table to this box to you know we had the Gary V pack like like just like the sheer focus right um and uh yeah I I it took me a long I kind of, you probably know this because you consume my content. It was a speech while I was talking that I like had the, I was doing kind of my normal, I was a lemonade sand kid, baseball card thing. And it just kind of like, you know how your brain works. Just remembered. I was like, wait a minute. Because I think I, I was thinking about like, why was, like, I always think of myself as humble and in the dirt. And I was like, why didn't I have the humility to stand behind the table? Like, was I at six or seven? Did I think I was a big shot and like make Robbie Turnick and Marissa and Eric Godfrey stand by the table? And then that's what led me to like, what the fuck was I doing? Like, you know, like, what are you doing at that moment? And that's what it was. And yes, like, probably somewhere in the last half decade, I realized I've been chasing attention my whole life. And whether it was whether it was Tingly Lane in Edison, New Jersey, putting up a sign, or whether it's understanding that TikTok is now in its moment, it's been the same game.
1: Do you feel maybe that chasing your father's attention was part of developing that skill?
0: That's an interesting question. Uh... I don't know, but it's a really good question. You know, it's interesting. I don't, when I hear that question from you, it's so thoughtful and some on like psychology shit that it gets me pumped and I'm trying to give it the respect of how good of a question it is. I don't want affirmation from individual people, but I love macro affirmation. So on a one-to-one basis, I haven't noticed me gravitate towards acceptance by an individual, which is back to like why high school worked or things of that nature, but I think the way I'm approaching myself, I want the world's affirmation, admiration, respect, you know, love, not my mom or dad or kids or, it's kind of interesting. I think of that a lot. I think about my energy on a one-to-one basis versus what happens when the camera's on or when I'm on stage. I think about how cheering or booing is something I always recognize, not an individual person saying, you're good, you're bad. I also, you know, wonder if, you know, I like that was so early too. Mm -hmm. I was really set, that was 82. That was like, I was seven, like,
1: subconscious you know,
0: definitely potentially i maybe but it's funny i don't i don't feel like i have i've never over or under reacted to my mom or dad's individual praise or or pushbacks
1: right it's not like you hacked your dad's attention by working in the liquor store you had to work in the liquor store I,
0: i've focused i've i've always focused on beating my dad being a better businessman than my dad is a real energy my dad
1: because he respects that
0: you have to also understand something that people don't realize and i've started i've said it recently my dad was great at saying i love you so i and hugging me and being affectionate he wasn't around a whole lot he's quiet but he also even in the beginning when he was probably a little bit colder more res, more removed for me obviously we built our relationship during being going from 14 to 30, I think people look for that when their parents don't praise or show affection. I didn't have that issue with either parent, very luckily. So I don't think I gravitated towards it because I think I was getting physical and even verbal affirmation.
1: Right. So we both had, um, you know, not the best uh, upbringings. You're an immigrant, I grew up super duper poor neglected, abused, welfare, government healthcare, all that stuff, and I'm super thankful for it because it gave me a huge advantage because, for one, being neglected, I learned to get attention and what to do with it, and because I never had anything, I could give a fuck less. I had nothing to lose. Anything was better than that, and I existed with my back against the wall, so I'm comfortable as shit with my back against the wall, but many people are not. Many adults in this world, you know, they, they don't want to take any risk. I tell them how to hustle, and they're like, but what if, but what if, and I'm like, yo, if there's no what ifs, it's not even worth doing you know what I mean and so my question to you is how can we raise our children to have that mentality or I guess can it be taught without being bad parents
0: it could be taught easily without being bad parents it's actually I actually think you know listen I I had a great childhood in the fact that I think I had the blend of the two you know I don't come from the background that a lot of people come from true poverty or true like abuse whether mental physical so i think i i think there's a lot of people similar to me that come from an energy that's darker than mine i think my energy is more lighter by luck you know that's not me being better that's me being a product of my circumstance i think a lot of i my chip on the shoulder is real because i also wasn't i i'm a byproduct of being super loved but not being handed anything and so, I think the way to be a great parent is kind of what happened with me, which is you can love your child. You can shower them with praise when they deserve it.
1: No fifth place trophies.
0: You know where this is going. And so, like, I think, you know, I think the biggest issue for parents today is they create entitlement. And they, and that's different than spoiling your kids. Like, for example, I'm happy to spoil my kids, but I verbally often, remo- like, I used to ask my daughter this weekend you know what are you gonna do when you when I don't buy you this stuff you know what she like, say she said I don't know <laughs> I like, said, well, you're gonna have to get a job she's like yeah like like you know like like right. you know and like and now the key is when she is 13 14 15 16 17 18 every parent gets to decide when they cut their children off financially I'm a big buyer and believer of cutting your children off financially to lead to happiness um, what you're talking about is something else, which is even more important. How you get your kids to not care about other people's opinions is a tricky one because as I've thought about it, I'm like, wait a minute, my parents. My dad more to my mom, but my dad also hid it, and I also wasn't around him as much. My mom genuinely didn't give a fuck about what people thought. You know, we were, all the Russian immigrants stayed in New York all the Russian immigrants went on vacations and flashed their cash as they got older. you know. And my mom my mom was referred to by Russian friends and acquaintances as like the girl that's in the boondocks doing nothing with her life. Now all at family weddings and reunions, they all praise my mom and put her on a pedestal because they all have children who've had far more adversities in their adulthood than my, my mother has. And a lot of that had to do with the foundational work she did. You know, now now this is about insecurities. You know, my brother, my sister and I are all different even though we have the same parenting. This comes down to what are you insecure about? Um, and then more importantly, I'm a big buyer and I've said it a lot, it's like you need to, you know, listen, privacy matters, but like sharing your deepest, darkest things um, sometimes is an unlock to your, listen, nobody wants to do what you say and talk about because they don't have the humility because they don't want their friends to think they're garbage people.
1: Right, it's like riding a moped.
0: 100%, people are completely freaked out by me. Like when I do, like bro, when I did the first trash talk, like I, and I think the way trash talk went was, I think maybe the first time I did it on Instagram stories and like I could tell that it was like some juice there, so then me and Rock decided to film it. A lot of my friends, friends, a lot of my business acquaintances, business friends, flat out hit me up and were like, are you okay? Like, why are you doing this? What the fuck are you doing on your knees at a garage sale? And this was also at a time where I think I was in the beginning stages of this next level of me. Like, I was clearly starting to blow up even more. So a lot of friends were kind of like, yo, you can't do this, like, you're starting to shine. Like, you know, they weren't that, by the way, they weren't that cool with their slang. They were more like, hey, you should not do this, you know, this is a bad <laughs> Dude, look, you're a professional, Like, what will the CEOs and CMOs of the biggest companies in the world, what about all these hedge fund and private equity guys and gals, what about all these famous people you're starting to hang out with, what are they gonna think? And like, it was even interesting to me because I was like, it didn't even cross my mind, I was like what the fuck are these people talking you about? You could give a fuck. Especially because I was getting immediate feedback on DM from people like wait, I can do this? Yep. Like this is real? Like the I remember it actually now vividly. Now I'm recalling most of the DMs were like staged. <laughs> you know, like people are in the business <laughs> the of being Internet. no. Right. You know, people are in the business of saying no. Um
1: so here here's the next segue. So, um do you think that the flip life, you know, the Smurf PVC 25 cent to 925, is that how your mind's working when you're thinking about buying Peter Pan peanut butter? and yes. flipping it. And 100%. so those skills translated, it's the same thing for you.
0: The deal I did with K-Swiss is the same thing I think about which like why buy a plush elf. How
1: right? many pairs of O-1s you got dead stock? O-1s? Yeah.
0: Three? Like I, like, I don't Those ha- are my favorite. I, it's funny like I don't have, like I'm bad at that. Like I'm hopeful that I have every pair. I feel like I might be missing I
1: figured one. you'd have a storage locker and be waiting on them. I think
0: Tyler's got me covered but like I genuinely <laughs> don't know. Um, yeah, it's all the same game. Um that's right.
1: Awesome. Um so where this is this question is super important to me and a lot of my audience because uh as resellers, what we do is based on two parts of the whole consumer experience. How are they buying and how are the stores selling because we're mostly buying from retail stores. I use stuff sometimes garage sales, thrift stores, but more towards the new stuff for this question. How do you see the future of the consumer shopping experience, retail, Last online? Mile. Last and,
0: mile, one hour delivery.
1: And then where do we fit into that as resellers? Because, you know, what if um, small towns are like, well, we don't need a Best Buy anymore. We're going to have a Best Buy vending machine with, you know, using AI, they put the top 500 products in there. You know what I mean? Because you see, like, Japan and stuff, they have all these I, vending machines. I
0: think, I think that. If you're committed to thinking about the consumer and marketplaces, you're always in the game. The worry is that your margins get squeezed. Right. Like if you're an Amazon new product reseller and tomorrow they announced a different fee structure, the fuck are you gonna do about it?
1: <laughs> Cry, get some
0: Vaseline. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so so I think that uh, I think that uh, one of the things I like about what you two are doing and others are doing is I do think it's important to build a brand Outside of, if you're at the mercy of a platform in the middle, you're at the mercy of the platform in the middle. Right. Like the example I just said is super real. It's enough to take away enough margin from people that it could affect them.
1: So, how in touch are you with the uh, the newer shopping marketplaces that are coming out or that have been out? You know, it's not just eBay and Amazon anymore. We like got
0: Letgo, Mercari, all that. We kind got Mercari, stuff?
1: but. Um, most importantly, I wanted to ask you about Poshmark, uh, yeah. which is mostly for clothing and yep. stuff, and also like Depop too, which is kind of like an Instagram for shopping. Yep. But um, they have a Poshmark has a huge social media aspect to it. Like it to me as a businessman, it seems dumb as shit because you have to share your items to the feed, and that's how people see them and sell, and it sells. But they just rolled out a story feature on Poshmark as well. So now you can create content of you wearing your dresses, boomerangs, whatever. To me, it just doesn't fucking make sense, shopping experience time, so I just don't get it, you know? Like, I see my daughter, she's 19, and she buys shit off of Depop, and she pays 40 bucks for some vintage sweater, and I just go show her, I'm like, look, you could get it off eBay for 20. Why didn't you look on eBay? She's like, ebay's, cool. eBay's weird. It's not as cool. <laughs> I just don't get it.
0: Well, there's people that buy $18 martinis because it's a cooler place to drink a martini.
1: Yeah, that's a fucking good good perspective. Thank you.
0: <laughs> episode over. <laughs> uh, it, it, actually, it's probably the most important part of the episode so far. People need to understand brand. That's why she buys there. Because she wants to say she bought it there.
1: Mm. It's the
0: same reason that 99% of people aren't going garage selling and thrifting. They don't want to say they do it.
1: Well, one one thing that I noticed about because I use my daughter and her friends as like a focus group, right? Oh, it's the best. Pull out your Snapchat. What's your streak? Let me see it. Uh, And uh, I noticed that um, Poshmark, um, Depop, some of these other sites they're buying from, they use Apple Pay. You can use debit cards. That's right. You got to make an account on eBay. You know, you got to make an account on Amazon. You got to link up your credit card, link up your thing.
0: It's the reason Wine Text exploded for me. You know, for my dad's business, it's just super easy. Once you put in your credit card up front, all you do is reply with a number. Lack of friction.
1: That's awesome.
0: Lack of friction. People don't want friction. People want fast. Fast. Fast and simple. Like, I think you should make something called trash text and like just have one product a day and it will sell. Just an extra sale every day. But you have phone numbers, now all of a sudden you can talk, you build a community yeah I listen to answer your question back to the beginning, unlimited opportunities forever in nineteen ninety two it was garage sales and then going to a flea market and flipping <laughs> it. That's how I did it. I would buy for weeks at a time and then occasionally go to a flea market and set up and normally then I mean just I just thought about one of my best deals ever. I set up at a flea market in nashannock station, New Jersey, a little small town and uh I'm setting up, and then I look to the right, and this guy just pulls out a ton of original strawberry shortcakes in package. I just walked over and scooped up all of them for a great price. Like crush that. Anyway, um, there'll always be something. That's awesome. There'll always be something if you're good. Who loses when things like that happen is the bottom fifty percent.
1: Right, the that's people all. that aren't willing to put yeah, the work in, right. the extra work. That's
0: right. The ones that found one deal. Right? Yeah, it's, it's the, the same the people that DM or, me
1: that are like, yo, you're fucking ruining the game, Reezy. And I'm like, what? You, you know, You have to get off ruining, your ass now?
0: Ruining what game? First of all, you, me, and all, every single person on YouTube combined that puts out information doesn't remotely dent the game. Let's start with that thank you for when people are like you're ruining it i'm like thank you for the ego boost if you think <laughs> i'm big enough to ruin a multi billion dollar platform in a world where only maybe a couple million people actually know who i am and 1% of them will do something thanks for the right so i think the i think there'll always be something um, there'll always be arbitrage opportunities but the people that are vulnerable are the people that have one move i look at resellers the way i look at social media people a lot of social media celebrities only have Instagram. They're in trouble. If you're only going to TJ Maxx and only flipping on Amazon new stuff from TJ Maxx, you're probably vulnerable. Yeah. What if TJ Maxx gets bought tomorrow? If your business model Walmart? is one honey if, hole. That's right, you need to really expand. There's always stuff. There was a kid who listened to me carefully and made uh, uh, solar eclipse glasses. Yep. Brock right? Johnson. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know if that was the guy. I just remember to email, but like, they made a ton, an ungodly amount of money.
1: Yeah, on one product.
0: Right? So, like, look at pop culture. Like, look at, you know, know that Prince Charles is going to be the king. Like, you know, like, like, and like, make King Charles t shirts and target everybody named Charles. Like, no shit. Tactical. No shit. The second you see Visco girls become a thing, Figure out what it is and create a Visco Girl kit. Buy scrunchies from China for a hydro penny. Flasks. Hydro flask for a penny. Shell necklaces for a penny. Get a nice little fucking box. Call it a Visco Girl set and fucking go. Like that would have work.
1: Fucking crushed for Halloween. The Visco Girl Halloween. It would fucking. also crush
0: for this Christmas as like a funny gift. Like that grandmas would have bought for granddaughters. You if you saw that trend like I did in February, you could have had it all together probably been all in for six bucks and fucking had $40 sets crushing I I actually
1: think that maybe no one has done that right now.
0: So like, and that's like- (laughs) I can't wait to Google this. There's just a million other things. I don't know, like pay attention to Huchimura had a crazy game last night and dropped 29. He's the first Japanese NBA player and fucking go buy up all his cards and go start a line account, which is the big social network in Japan and fucking flip. Listen, uh, listen. I've come to learn in last year that what I just did for the last minute is a talent. I didn't realize how smart I was when it comes to ideating ideas. So I understand what I just did for the last minute is not everyone's talent, but if I can do that in a minute, that's a lot of practice over the last, I'm 44, six, 38 years to let me do what I just did. You can start the process of trying to get good at that. It's very real and it will continue to be real.
1: That is fucking awesome. That's I, I literally can't wait to look that up. Uh, I got one more question for Please. you. Um, if you were me and you just interviewed you, what's your next move?
0: Well, first you wanna leverage my name to get as much awareness for this. So I'd probably run Instagram and Facebook ads against my fans to listen to this episode, right? Because what you're trying to build is awareness. And I've talked enough about this subject matter that there's still a high percent, even though I've given you a bunch of shout outs through the years, pronouncing your name properly, not pronouncing your name properly, I, you know, there's still a far, I would argue that 90% of the people that follow me that are intrigued or have started doing some version of this probably still don't know who you are. Instagram story ads are so cheap that you can get in front of a lot of my fans with imagery from this and probably build a ton of awareness for a thousand bucks. Awesome. That's what I would definitely do. Um, I think a really, uh, the other thing I think that's smart is um, I don't, you know, I'm trying, I kind of black out in these interviews, but like anything that we talk, I'd probably buy a bunch of Huchimura rookie cards, watch, hope that he continues to play well, and then make a two minute video in six months of the moment where I mentioned it, the video recordings of screenshots of you buying a bunch, and then of you flipping it, and then basically saying like, how I took a moment for my own podcast, and made 873 Like thinking that way,
1: mm-hmm. you see where I'm going? Yeah, yeah, love it. I
0: think that's smart. I, uh, I also think that if I'm you, I, I would be thinking a lot about the red paperclip thing. So I think you can show up on Fallon or Kimmel or the today show if i think you and every other professional reseller should try the game of how i turned a dollar into 10,000 with hardcore documentation garage sale
1: i flip one, one $9, flip two
0: 9 dollars 9 like you know mm-hmm. like really genuinely showing every single thing take all the excuses out the gap Trash Talk's the funniest, because I just love reading the comments. Yeah, whatever, dude, you spend all your money on gas. I'm like, you mean the same gas you spent to go to work? <laughs> like, like people are yeah, looking They're, like,
1: they're <laughs> always like, what about the gas? And I always say, "Like, when you take your girlfriend out on a date, do you count the gas? No, bro, bro forget about that. <laughs>
0: Knock it to directly what they're saying. I'm like, this is about alternative income. When you go to work, you're spending money on gas.
1: They're not figuring it out? I
0: mean, you know. You know what? I'm definitely doing that in the next trash talk. I'm definitely making the first scene me going to a gas station filling up the tank and deducting it from the end of the episode and be like, all right, I only made four hundred twelve dollars today instead of four fifty three. Sorry.
1: Those are those same people that want they're on me because I'm not saying potential profit. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ. We all know it's potential. It's business. By the way, (laughs)
0: by the way, I'm into it. I'm gonna put in potential. I'm into like, you know, like like all of it. Yeah. What now? All of it. Like suffocating out excuses. Anyway, I do think there is a little bit of a national USA Today AP, like how, you know, I can just wake up and see it. How this guy turned a dollar into $43,000 in three months. That will go.
1: Yeah, you could write a book too. Like a
0: hardcore That Like take one dollar, buy one thing. As you know, as you know, as many people listening know, There's an enormous amount of, every time there's a town-wide sale. By the way, that's a hack that I wanna push more of. Like I don't garage sale in random garage sales. Like I don't use garage sale or Google to find like one garage sale. I'll only garage sale when there's a town-wide garage sale so that I can hit 52 of them in a two-hour period. Efficiency. Yeah, now not every state has town-wides, I've come to learn. Um, And obviously that's that, but like, I think every flipper knows there's a lot of dollar for $40 profits sitting there. Like I don't even do it for the money. I like the nostalgia. I would argue I could probably make I mean I almost think you should buy almost everything. Like it's kind of scary actually when I like look at it. Like I don't like the things where the most money sits. Electronics. Like I really love reading the comments on Trash Talk to see if people are smart enough like I watch people once in a while. They're like, "Dude, you left the fucking popcorn maker." That was twenty eight. I'm like, I know. I just don't like. I like the Nintendo, the Jets yeah, yeah. jacket. Nintendo. Like, yeah, you know, like that gets me going. Yeah. I'm still the one thing that I haven't achieved in my career yet is the ludicrous, ludicrous, ludicrous one off item.
1: What What's the the best thing you ever found. I don't you know mean crazy? I don't mean Justin, most valuable, Justin, your yeah, favorite thing.
0: Well, okay, I'll give you or that both, in a minute. Or both. I'll give a couple stories to wrap up. One, I'm looking at Justin. I had a recent one. Like like I didn't trash talk it, unfortunately. Uh, but the plush fucking thing I did just that was nuts. That was 10 bucks. Yeah. You, and you should have bought more. Yeah, here's how the story goes. I roll up on a yard and they just have a fuck load of stuffed animals, and I look, with tags on, pop culture. Immediately I see the South Park stuff, I'm like, a, and I'm funny, I'm a little bit of a purist, because I'm completely playing. I hated when phones came along. I love that I knew shit on memory or intuition, so I still kind of do that a little bit. Like, I'll still kind of play it pure, and not look shit up, um, but these, I mean, they had, I don't know, 900 stuffed animals, and I'm like, how much? And they're like, what do you want? And I was like, it was kind of this funny negotiation. I'm like, well, these, can I fill up some black trash bags that you guys have? They're like, sure, I'm like, how much? They're like, 10 bucks for a bag. I'm like, how about five? They're like, okay. These are like the huge black ones, right? You know, like I'm like, hefty, so I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Flex bags. To Justin's point, I, what I should have done, and if I was doing trash talk, I would have, because I would have gone for like the hype, I would have bought it all. All of it. Instead, I bought like three bags worth for like 15 bucks, but like, I don't know, seven, 900, a 1,000?
1: Sold one for 15 bucks, I'm sure.
0: Oh, there was the fucking, there was the Fire. South Park ones were like 90 and 70 and 60, like the poopy guy and like, they were, but they were like, oh, it was crazy. So that was a recent big one. Um, There was a monster thrift store score in 2001. I went to a Yankees game it still sits there, but now Yankee Stadium moved. But there's a thrift store called Thrift Land right next to Yankee Stadium. We go to the game, me, my girlfriend, and a couple of friends. And I'm like, wait a minute. And I run into there, <laughs> and holy fucking shit. When I tell you they had 4,000 video games, Atari and Nintendo, at 50 cents and a dollar. And this is again 2001. So this wow. is before video games. Before re- the price started going Yeah, up. before it got crazy, I bought everything. Right. Everything, bought it all. Uh, didn't even go to the game. It's a great story, got so <laughs> hyped, bought everything. Was like, I, can't, I we gotta take this home. Left, didn't go to the game. Uh, nobody went. Nobody went, looked up the games on eBay, it's 01. I'll never forget, Crazy Climber for Atari, 180 bucks. It's gone down now, I think it's like 70, 80 bucks now. I still look it up once in a blue moon. Wow. Uh, that was huge. Favorite thing. Um, You know what I love buying? Paper, non-books. Paper, non-books. Manuals, Like the, like the playbills map. thing you told me about last time. You're the best, bro. Thank you so much. So my favorite score, this, this is actually true, and you, you helped me, thank you. My single favorite score, it's true. And I said it last time on my podcast, but you're absolutely right. Going to a wine meeting. Uh, same, me.
1: same thing, You yep. yard sale.
0: Thursday or Friday, a state sale. Uh, go in Chatham, New Jersey going to a meeting with a wine vendor, which I rarely did, almost always it was at the store. I don't even remember why. See a sign, I'm a little early, fuck it, pull in. This is now, AJ's still in high school, AJ's like a junior, AJ, he's um, 2005. This is like 2003. Pull in, house, walking through, find a 1970s knickerbocker stuffed animal Uh. Huckleberry Hound, I'm like, yes. This is fucking legit, Hanna-Barbera. Get that for a buck, it was like 40, 50 bucks, big score. Mm. Go in the basement, see like fucking 30 boxes, liquor and beer boxes. Pull up, look down, Playbills. Uh, Broadway play, at that point I've gone to like two Broadway plays, wasn't even sure what the fuck they were, but kind of new, old as fuck. Like yellowish white paper? that's right, 1940s. 50s. Ask them how much, like the sign says, like something good. I remember, like five for a dollar or something like in the mix. I mean, there were fucking 4,000 of them. I go, how much do you want? They're like, they're like, for everything? I'm like, everything. They're like, I don't remember, I think, I think they wanted 100 bucks, which I was already pumped. I was like so pumped, right? They didn't get it. They didn't even come close. I think they got 40, <laughs> they got 40, they got 40. <laughs> it took me like 20 minutes to like f- put in the car. Again, call the liquor guy, I'm like, hey, I gotta cancel, I'm not feeling well. Drive directly to Hunterdon County, New Jersey, 40 minutes away, try to get AJ out of school. They wouldn't let me take me out of school. Literally drove to my brother's high school and asked to take him out of school. They're like, we won't let, you're not the guardian. I'm like, fuck, had to wait like two hours, came out of school, he couldn't wait. I'm sitting in his room, organizing everything. He jumps on the computer and we just start going. When we go through it, we found like four 1940s uh, Brooklyn Dodgers like programs. We found the original 1941 Pinocchio movie thing. Like there was like, I mean, that one was like tens, that was tens of thousands for 60 bucks. That was ten, eight to ten thousand. I don't want to, not tens of thousands, because we didn't. We still have them in the attic. We had so many. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I remember desperately wanting to find a rock and roll T-shirt because I kept seeing them on eBay for two to 300, 400. hundred, four hundred. I'm like, these should be so easy. 1980s concert shirts. Never found one. Finally found a Bruce Springsteen 1984 small. I modeled it on eBay. <laughs> which I remember being, fu- it was like super tight. That went for like 35. For some reason that still sits as like a good one. Um,
1: it, it's it's weird how- s-
0: Oh, that was just a fucking other day. Yeah, I put it on eBay. Right, we went to, remember the family, this old couple was deaf. That was yeah. wild. Really, I was like trying to negotiate with this couple. They were elderly and they're just not responding. And I'm like, fuck. They can't hear, and then at one point they're like looking right at me. I'm like, "Fuck!" They're like, "They're like the greatest negotiators ever." <laughs> I'm like negotiating, and they're like, "Fuck you!" Stone cold. We figured when I finally came to pay for it, they unfortunately they were both deaf. It was very, they were so sweet. Anyway, that was a crazy one. I found like a what was the brand? It was like not, not um, not a, uh, what were those pant, pants that were Caberiches? They wasn't Caberiches. It was like Tashiki. Thank you so much, yeah. it was Sergio Tashini. Ju- suit, do you remember this picture, Dustin, in the summer? The one with me in the jumpsuit that I looked like, like I was in Sopranos that I put on fucking Instagram? I looked oh, yeah, completely yeah, yeah, yeah. ridiculous. That thing was like a bu- how much you go for? 140. 140. Would I pay four bucks? <laughs> yeah, anyway.
1: That's the, what the flip life is all about. Guys, the
0: flip life's super real. Stop fucking around. Don't care what your neighbors and parents say. Just fucking go garage sale and Facebook Marketplace, the, all these new apps, garage sales, TJ Maxx's, Marshall's, fucking all of it. Yep. What's the best score you've, I gotta go, I'm already five minutes late, but I so, need to hear one um, more story, give me a flip recently.
1: The best score.
0: Something cool in the last three to six months.
1: Um, I found a wooden box that had a gold army ring in it. I bought it for a buck. How much for this wooden box? Shake it, has some stuff in it. They're like, uh, oh, a buck. But I couldn't open it because the knob was missing. Smash it on the curb. Inside was a gold US Army ring. Sold that for 200 bucks to the metal shop that day right away. Then there was a baseball in a Perspex case with a shitload of signatures, a whole team. And I start looking at it and you know, you're like, yeah, whatever. And then I see Willie Mays. I'm like, oh shit. Turns out it was the last year they were the New York Giants. Has the whole fucking team on there. Uh, I I learned if it was just Willie Mays, it would be worth way more because team signed balls, coaches do signatures and shit or whatever. That ball's worth like a thousand bucks. It's just sitting on my desk. Um, And then also like in the same box, a really cool vintage Italian switchblade that's worth 200 bucks that I also kept. But all that stuff in a wooden box, you know, seemingly unimportant. How much for this box? A dollar. Smash it on the curb. (laughs) Treasure trove.
0: There's a gunned bear that me and aj bought for 10 cents this is when we figured out stuff that, stuff the animals still kill like i've shown it recently and like people are doing really well with plush we bought a gunned sailor it was a sailor bear with 10 guns cents. gun g-u-n-d oh oh gunned yep. yeah yeah got the you. company we bought it for 10 cents went for 385.
1: damn super rare one super rare with the best. tag no tag no tag
0: no tag wow that's uh-huh. crazy
1: well, uh, Thank you, brother. yeah, yeah. Thanks for your time, Gary.
0: Real pleasure. I, yeah. Thanks you know what, guys?
1: On. If you're not flipping, you're slipping. Tune in every you're Monday tripping. night. <laughs> Turn in every Monday night, 6 p.m. to my live show on YouTube. Catch me on Instagram. Go to ReezyResells.com. Grab my free intro to Amazon course, and we'll see you guys on the next episode. Peace.